0: pressure cooker. God forbid the roast has to go six hours. Let's do it in 15 minutes. Right? And we have carried that mentality into our quote unquote walk with God or walking with the Spirit. And instead of walking, we're running. And we're running here and we're running there and we're trying to do this and trying to do that and accomplish this and get there at this point in time and be there at this point in time. For instance, What happened today is we as a body stopped running for a few minutes. We just stopped running, and we let the Lord interrupt us. Pastor Gleason always told us as leaders when we worked with him in Kansas City, he had a phrase, and I don't know if he made up the phrase or if he got it from somebody. For me, I'm giving him credit for it. But he always said this to us as leaders, walk slowly through the crowd. Walk slowly through the crowd because you don't know where a need is. As you read the Gospels, how many times is Jesus interrupted by somebody? Think about how many times the Bible says, and he was on his way to such and so, and somebody came in. And the woman with the issue of blood. And Jairus who had a daughter that was sick. And the centurion who had a servant that was on the the doorsteps of death. And, and, And all kinds of, when he's trying to keep his schedule, I've got to get to Samaria, I've got to get to Caesarea, I've got to get to Galilee, and you people keep interrupting me! That's how you and I would be. God forbid that we're five minutes late because we're helping somebody else. Told you I was teaching a little today too. That doesn't sound very inspiring, does it? But we do it. All of us do it. All of us do it. If I go past 10 after 12, I can see you all getting antsy. And between 12 and twelve ten. There's already a little bit of... You're on the pre antsy of getting antsy. And my grandfather was the worst about it. Grandpa, I'm preaching today. Keep it short. That's what senior used to always tell us. Keep it short. One pastor posted yesterday... All preachers, just remember, you got an extra hour to preach today. They, we get so busy, and we don't like the interruption. But if we are walking by the Spirit, if Jesus was interrupted, why don't we expect to get interrupted? Well, I've got to get here, and I've got to get there, and I've got this to do, and I've got that to do. Just take a breath. Don't run by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Because when you walk by the Spirit, see, here's what happens when we rush. We fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, we look at the lust of the flesh as sin, and it is. But the lust of the flesh is simply this the craving to accomplish something in the natural. Get to lunch. Get to the golf game. Get to the lake. Get to the boat. Get to this. Get to that. Do this. Be with this. Do this. And what we're really doing is we are operating on a natural realm and we're saying the schedule of the natural is more important than the interruption of the spiritual. And we get caught and trapped, and so what ends up happening, what the Scripture is telling us is that the desires of the flesh, let me put it to you this way, your calendars go against the Spirit unless your calendars are set up by the Spirit. And if your calendars are set up by the Spirit, you might as well get ready for some interruptions because there's nothing that God has done. In fact, He plans for interruptions think about it he's on his way and he's little Zacchaeus we little man that he was climbed up into a sycamore tree for the Lord was passing by that day he had a place to go but he stopped at the foot of the tree and looked up and said come on down Zacchaeus uh I'm changing the plans because I need to have dinner with you. And not only one life, but an entire family, all that were in the house, were transformed by the presence of Jesus because Jesus took the time to interrupt where he was going. You see, one of the things that I believe has happened in society Is that you and I have followed the path of humanity and we've sped things up so often? Think about it. Part of the reason that Jesus could get interrupted is because he wasn't in a suburban, he was walking, he was with the donkeys. We have become so ill equipped to be interrupted. Because we have put up privacy fences and automatic garage door openers, and we've put, uh, we, we've we've changed it to where you hardly know anybody around you, and you and, and I and I'm guilty of it too. I have two neighbors that I know, that I talk to on a regular basis or a semi-regular basis. We go to work and we get into our office and we have very little interaction with others. We have we have created a speed continuum if you will that makes us go so fast that we miss out on what God is really trying to do because the word walk in this passage in the Greek simply means this make due use of opportunity make due use of opportunity where our our mind has to be this every morning Lord Let me be aware enough to where I have an opportunity to minister, I'm not rushing by it. Cheryl used the Good Samaritan today. Don't rush by, don't walk by. We're we're commanded by the Lord to walk by the Spirit and stop and minister and handle. and, and, And Am I saying we blow off work schedules and we blow off this? No, I'm saying we just be ready for the opportunity so that we can step into the opportunity because we're walking by the Spirit of God. Now this is happening, it's not accidental. God used somebody in exactly this manner this week. Out driving around and he felt like the Lord said he had to go here. And so he followed the leading of the Lord, interrupted what he was doing, and began to be able to minister to a family. Well, what's, what's that all about, walking by the Spirit? Verse number 18 But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is where I got my title from. The word led by in Greek means to this, to lead by being held of another's accord. And in the thing, in in, in the blue letter Bible in the Greek, it has a side note, like you're walking a pet. And the visual came to me, not of my little dogs, those, are, those dogs are easy, but we had a big dog for a couple of months. And when you would leash Bella and you would begin to walk, you began to fly because you were holding on to the leash and she was bigger and stronger than we were. Okay. Okay. Here's the picture though, even as big as Bella was, we would let her run to a certain extent, but at some point in there, if we were going to get back home and not just keep wandering, somewhere along the line, we were going to have to pull on that leash to redirect the energy of that dog so that we could redirect to get the dog back to the house. Being led by the Spirit is just like that. God lets us even sometimes run ahead of Him and sometimes pull at the chain, if you will. But uh, when, it, when push comes to shove, if the Spirit is holding the leash, it is directing your energies and your path so that you can step into the areas and the opportunities and the desires and the goals that He wants for us instead of what we want. So leash me, Lord, So that I walk in your spirit, so that I'm led by your spirit, so that you can pull me where you need me to be pulled, where you can push me where you need me to be pushed, where you can stop me when I need to be stopped. See, here's the problem. If you take that same analogy of of walking the dog, the last thing that you want to do is to allow the dog to walk and run in front of the car. And so you pull the leash back and you stop the dog in its tracks. And that dog will sometimes look at you because you've just choked the life out of them and scared the fire out of them because you've stopped them in their place. But there are times where we are running headstrong And there's getting ready to be a bus that hits us. And the Lord grabs the leash and says, hold on. And it chokes us even. It causes us to stumble. It causes us to stop. And we get ticked off because we're falling and we're messing up and we're doing this. It could just be that God had to yank on your leash and get you to stop so you didn't get hit by the bus. Walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. For you are Not under the law if you are being led by the Spirit. Because here's, let me tie together the end of verse 23. Well, it says, against such there is no law. And if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's not just talking about, even though some translations will tell you, Moses' law. What that law is, there are some boundaries and restrictions that you and I are required Don't go jump off a cliff thinking you're going to float. Because you will violate the law of gravity. There are boundaries and parameters that you and I are restricted by so that you and I can be successful in what Jesus has for us. And when you're led by the Spirit, there is no boundaries. There is If the Spirit leads you off the cliff hang on, you're getting ready to go for a ride. If the Spirit sends you into an arena that's not to your liking, just hold on because there's no boundaries or perimeters or parameters around what God can do in you and where God can take you and where God can bless you and where God can anoint you and where God can speak to you and where you can be the instrument and the tool of the workings of God because you are being led by the Spirit and against the Spirit there is no law. There is no boundary, there is no parameter, because there's no parameter around God. Because the works of the flesh, and I listed a whole bunch of them, and that wasn't even all of them, Uh, Paul told the Galatians, and anything like these, that's just a cover, That's that's the blanket statement that says, that's what I'm talking about. But see, here's where we have gone wrong, as believers and as Christians, is the second half of this verse where he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we live in a life of fear of doing one of those things, because, bless God, Paul said, if I do it, I'm not going to make it. But we don't understand what the word do means in that scripture. The Greek word for that word do is not like a one-time action. What it really means is that when you are making an entire lifestyle of doing that, that lets me know that even when I mess up, Let me just, I mean, some of them are obvious, but let me just ask you this. Have anybody recently had a fit of anger? I'll turn this way. (laughs) Anybody lose their temper? Anybody go off at the mouth? Anybody use terms that were not life-giving? Does it mean you're bound for a place of torment? No, it means you messed up. If you're leaning by the Spirit or walking by the Spirit, He will correct you and he will touch you, and he will convict you. But if you make a lifestyle out of it, that's a different thing. That's a different parameter. That's a different thing. Then the law comes into place, and if you don't want to walk after the spirit, but you want to walk after the flesh, and I'm not talking about the flesh here. I'm talking about the natural things. If you want to operate, you can still get to heaven in the natural. You just got to keep the entire law, and good luck with that. You see, we we make statements like, Jesus is the only way. I'll tell you why Jesus is. Jesus isn't the only way. You can be saved by keeping the law. The problem is, is none of us will ever keep it. And the alternative of the law, or the fulfillment of the law, or the means that the law is applied to us is only through Jesus. So if none of us are ever going to keep the whole law, because the Bible says, if you mess up in one of them, you have messed them all up. So if you've had a fit of anger, you've committed adultery. If you've had a fit of anger, you've had wrath. If you've had a fit of does that mean that that's what you are? No. Remember, that's why if you live like that and make a practice of that, that's when you become somebody that's operating by the flesh or that which is natural. That's why Jesus is the only way. That's why He said, "I am the way, the life." I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's why he said, I'm the door to the sheep. That's why he said, why I'm the great shepherd. Why? Because he knows none of us are ever going to live up to the law. And so he put in place things that are not hindered by the law, like his Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and none of us have it naturally. What we have naturally is in verse 19. What we have through the Spirit is verse 22 and 23. And we can't get it mixed up. And yet we do all the time. Oh, If I can just work on my patience... Then I will exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. No, 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 no. If the fruit of the Spirit is in you, you will have patience. Against such, there is no law. There's no law to the parameter of love. Love your neighbor as yourself, there's no parameter to joy. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You can have the joy of the Lord. Peace. Peace isn't the absence of trouble. It's the calm in the trouble. Listen, I am at peace in this world. I have not worried about Israel. I have not worried about Hamas. I have not worried about Russia. I have not worried about China. I just am worried about me and Jesus because His kingdom is the kingdom I'm a part of. Now, I can't say that if it was just me, I would be able to do that. But the spirit that's in me says, hey, listen, even all this may look like a mess out there, that just means you're getting closer to going home. Peace, patience, kindness. Can I just tell you that there are very few people in the world, there are some, but very few people that are naturally kind most of us have to have the Spirit of the Lord moving in us to be kind. Why? Because we like to run and not walk. So I'll nod at you down the grocery store aisle, but I'm getting to the next aisle before you do. Now, some of you I will never shop with because every person you come to is a 10-minute conversation And what should have taken 15 minutes is taking an hour and a half. Exactly. But kindness. Goodness. The Bible says there is no good in us but through His Spirit. Faithfulness. You know, I thank you for being here week in, week out. But you want to know where you actually get that? From the Spirit. Because if it was left to our flesh, who would spend an hour and a half to two and a half hours with a bunch of crazy people that you sometimes have nothing in common except for the things of God when you could be anywhere else. But the Spirit has moved on you at some point in time and you've recognized that there's something greater than myself to be a part of and then i i'm just about done self control if there is anything that you and i need is self control now when i say that the first thing that comes to our minds is all the negative stuff that we don't control but can I tell you that there's some good things in our life that we need to learn to have self-control over. There's some things in the, in the workings and the ministries of God. We, in this new shift that we're calling it, or really we're just really becoming biblical. <laughs> we're really becoming biblical. That's what we're really doing. And we're stepping into this thing at the same time We are trying to watch like a hawk that we don't overextend ourselves because uh, there's a place in us that wants to do everything and be a part of everything, and we can't. And so we need to have the Spirit to step in and control us, that leash, if you will. Some people are like, if I could just pray for 24 hours a day, can I tell you what would happen if you prayed 24 hours a day? You die. Somewhere in there you got to eat. Somewhere you got to sleep. Somewhere you got to get some exercise. Somewhere you've got to do some movement. Somewhere you've got to get a life. But is prayer a bad thing? No. But we have to control and balance out the things of God so that we don't get over-consumed. Can I tell you none of us can do that? How many has ever double-booked something? Some of you are honest. How many has ever booked something where you know that if you get every green light and you drive three miles an hour over the speed limit, you might be on time to the next appointment? Why is that? Because we have no self-control. We have no way to say, no, I've got a meeting until here. I can get there in 20 minutes after that. But I can't get there anytime time sooner. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that only comes through the Spirit controlling us. And here's the reason why. Because the works of the flesh are always based on your emotion. And works of the Spirit are always based on your logic or your mind. Think about it. Sexual immorality is a feeling. It's a craving. And naturally, we don't crave the love of God because the love of God tells us that we need to love the people we don't like. And God's love tells us that we have to love in spite of ourselves. And when you take all of the other things, of the, we get a fit of anger. Why? Because we feel in, that we have been given some injustice, even if it was our own dumb decision. I'm so stupid I did that. And we, get, we have a fits of anger at ourselves. That's emotion. All of the works of the flesh are based off of emotion, but love is a choice that you make intellectually. I'm going to love you even if I can't like you. I'm going to love you because you are God's creation. You are God's creature. I can have joy because I decide to have joy. I can have peace because I can decide I'm not listening. to. I can turn the news off. Patience. Patience is a mindset, not an emotion. And the reason why some of us struggle being impatient is because we are letting our emotions get the best of us. Is it really going to hurt to wait two more minutes in the drive-thru? No. But I got up tight. Because, and then if they get the order wrong, it's even worse. Nobody's going to go through the drive-thru with me again. But here's what I want you to notice, and then I'm done. Verse 24 and those who belong to Christ Jesus. Here's my question. How do you know you belong to Him? If you've crucified your flesh and you've let the fruit of the Spirit be exposed in your life. Now listen. Does God expect you to get it right 100% of the time no he doesn't if the phrase in Galatians five nineteen and 20 says that if you make a practice of doing this you'll be lost and you won't be lost if you mess up once or twice but unless you make a practice of it, unless you choose, I want to live that lifestyle, unless you choose, I want to be a hateful person, unless you choose that, the flip side is, does that mean that the fruit of the Spirit only happens once or twice? No. We have to make it a practice. And if you belong to Christ... The practice of the fruits of the Spirit will become the motivation of your life because you want to be led by the Spirit. I invite you to stand. He closes out this chapter. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Well, how do you keep in step with the Spirit if you answer the tug of the leash? Are we just pets to God that He's pulling us around? No. But let me just share with you what our dog does. When our dog sees a leash come out, they go absolutely crazy. Even though they know that in just a moment, Declan's going to be yanking on their chain and not letting them just run free. But because they are out exploring the world, they get excited. But it's not just that they're out exploring the world that they're excited. They're excited because they're out exploring the world with the Master. I would to God that there would be somebody that would recognize that Jesus is wanting us to go on a journey with Him and take a walk with Him. And we would get so excited to jump into the leash so that we could go and take this journey with Him, not just because that we're going out on this journey, but because we're walking with the Master. Knowing full well that if we get in the way of harm, He's going to pull us back. If we just start going down the wrong street, He's going to pull us back. If we start getting too far ahead of Him, He's going to pull us back. If we linger too long after Him, He's going to pull us forward. He's in control of the journey. And when we get to that point that says, I want to be led of You and walk with You, I will crucify all of my agendas and ideas and all of my earthly natural things, both good and bad. On the cross of Christ, and I give you my total surrender. Just watch the fruit of the Spirit explode. That neighbor that doesn't take care of their grass, you can have love for them. That husband that doesn't take care of the grass, you can have love for him. Am I sensing the crowd right? <laughs> what happened here today is for a few moments of time, the Lord pulled the leash and we responded appropriately. And because we responded appropriately to the tugging of the Spirit, I know that there have been works of the Master done in this house. I have watched the transformation of the facial expressions. I have sensed the holiness of God. I have pictured today what I picture Isaiah did in Isaiah 61 where he says, Woe is me, a man of unclean lips, but I watched the cherubim or the seraphim come and take a coal from the altar and touch my lips. And I recognized for just a few moments today, we recognized that which is holy. See, when you're led by the Spirit, when you walk by the Spirit, when you don't listen to the flesh, but you listen to the Spirit, and you let Him move you around and maneuver you, then be ready to recognize those holy places. Holy places follow the Spirit, not the building. Heavenly places in Christ is not a physical location. It's a location of experience. And while you're driving down the street this afternoon, you can enter the heavenly places with Him and sense in the middle of your vehicle the holiness of God. And you can step into your home and see all the projects that need to be done. But if you close your natural eyes and you open your spirit eyes, you have stepped into a holy place. That place of employment. Close your natural eyes tomorrow. Open up your spirit eyes. Do what the Bible says or do any hand. It says, whatever you do, do what is unto the Lord. And step in. And that place that was chaos can turn into a holy place. Watch out, though. Because if you're walking by the Spirit and not running by it, you may have to find a closet in that office complex. You may have to find a side room, a conference room. Because the holiness of God hits you so strong that you've got to just pull yourself away from the people for a minute and let God minister to you in that moment of interruption. Because that's just how God works. Here's my challenge to you this week. And you know I like to issue a challenge almost every message. But from today till next week, ask the Lord every time you wake up and then throughout the day, Lord, leash me. Lord, put your spiritual leash on me and take me on the journey you want me to go and guide my step and pull back when I need to be pulled back and pull forward when I need to be pulled forward and steer me to the left or to the right and let me just walk with you this week. Because here's what I believe. If you do that, you'll never want to go back to walking any other way. Because it's so exciting to walk hand in hand with Jesus. I'm asking you if you would at this moment, just to close your eyes. There's a stillness of the presence of God that has settled into this house. As we go before the Lord in prayer, we want to call out Jared Mettenen. In the name of Jesus, he's dealing with some health issues today, and he just needs a touch of the Lord. And we've got a great big God that can do it. But I want to pray over this congregation and then together we'll pray for Jared. Lord, help us to stop running. And help us to start walking. Walking slowly through the crowd so that we see all of the opportunities and the open doors. Jesus, we stand amazed in your presence right now. There's a heaviness of your glory that has ushered in in the last 10 or 15 minutes. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've already done here today how You've interrupted us and allowed us to step into holy places with You. And we've experienced the hand of the Lord upon our hearts and our minds and our spirits. But Lord, now I'm praying not for a momentary, but for a permanent situation to let You leash each and every one of us so that we would be led by the Spirit so that we can walk and see things that don't have any boundaries or parameters. Because your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And Lord, part of those ways, we bring Jared before you. And we place him in the hands of the one that can do whatever needs to be done. I'm thankful, God, for the medical profession. I'm thankful for all of our doctors and nurses. But Lord, I'm asking for the great physician to step in right now. And let the precision of your hand touch Jared right now and minister like never before. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you know what needs to be done you know what needs to be done Lord now I release this congregation everywhere they place their foot this week let it become your territory every business they walk into Every road that their tire touches, let it become your territory. Every conversation with a friend or a conversation with a family member, let that conversation become your territory because we're walking after the Spirit. Lord, every time we sit down to do the bills this month, help us to step into your territory. Every time we deal with our kids' education, help us to step into your territory. Every time in the relationship with our spouses that we begin to have a conversation, I'm asking you, Lord, to let every couple step into the holy place of God and step into the anointing of God and the glory of God and the holy place of God. And I bind the hand and the voice of the enemy this week. I take dominion and authority over everything that would be an obstacle and a hindrance to letting you work cleanly and and clearly without chaos in our lives this week. I come against it and take dominion over it by the authority of the Word of God and the power that's in the blood of the Lamb. And I loose this people to walk With their heads held high, their shoulders back. For your psalmist said, when you lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, the King of glory will come in. I declare it now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you now join me in sealing this message with a worship? With a praise. And by your worship and praise, you are coming in line with His will this week. By worshiping and praising, you're saying, I want to walk in the Spirit this week. Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. What a day in the house of the Lord. And there was no antsiness at 1210. Praise God. We love you all so very much. And I know there's times we tease with you, but it's because we love you.